Exodus twelve fourteen through Exodus thirteen sixteen. Now this day shall be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. But on the first day you shall remove the dough with yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. And on the first day you shall have a holy assembly, and another holy assembly on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them, except for what must be eaten by every person, that alone may be prepared by you. You shall also keep the feast of unleavened bread, for on this very day I brought your multitudes out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall keep this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread, until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days there shall be no dough with yeast found in your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native in the land. You shall not eat anything with yeast, in all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take for yourselves lambs according to your families, and slaughter the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, and dip it in the blood which is in the basin, and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and the two doorposts, and none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, but when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall keep this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. When you enter the land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this right. And when your children say to you, What does this right mean to you? Then you shall say, It is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord, because he passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our homes. And the people bowed low and worshipped. Then the sons of Israel went and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Now it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh got up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt for there was no home where there was not someone dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron at night, and said, Rise up, get out from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel, and go, worship the Lord as you have said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you have said. Go and bless me also. The Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in a hurry, for they said, We will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, with their kneading bowls bound up in the clothes on their shoulders. Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, 
for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have their request. Therefore they plundered the Egyptians. Now the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about six hundred thousand men on foot, aside from children. A mixed multitude also went up with them, along with flocks and herds, a very large number of livestock, and they baked the dough which they had brought out of Egypt into cakes of unleavened bread, for it had no yeast, since they were driven out of Egypt and could not delay, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. Now the time that the sons of Israel had lived in Egypt was four hundred and thirty years, and at the end of four hundred and thirty years, on this very day, all the multitudes of the Lord departed from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be observed for the Lord, for having brought them out of the land of Egypt. This night is for the Lord, to be observed by all the sons of Israel throughout their generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner is to eat it. But as for every slave that someone has purchased with money, after you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A stranger or a hired worker shall not eat it. It is to be eaten in a single house. You are not to bring any of the meat outside of the house, nor are you to break any bone of it. All the congregation of Israel are to celebrate this. But if a stranger resides with you and celebrates the Passover to the Lord, all of his males are to be circumcised, and then he shall come near to celebrate and he shall be like a native of the land. But no uncircumcised male may eat it. The same law shall apply to the native as to the stranger who resides among you. Then all the sons of Israel did so. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day the Lord brought the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their multitudes. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Sanctify me to every firstborn the firstborn of every womb among the sons of Israel, among people and animals alike. It belongs to me. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you departed from Egypt, from the house of slavery, for by a powerful hand the Lord brought you out from this place, and nothing with yeast shall be eaten. On this day in the month of Ebib you are to go out from here. And it shall be when the Lord brings you to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall perform this rite in this month. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days, and nothing with yeast shall be seen among you, nor shall any dough with yeast be seen among you in all your borders. And you shall tell your son on that day, saying, It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall serve as a sign to you on your hand, as a reminder on your forehead, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a powerful hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt, Therefore you shall keep this ordinance at its appointed time from year to year.
Now, when the Lord brings you to the land of the Canaanite, as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives it to you, you shall devote to the Lord every firstborn of a womb, and every firstborn offspring of an animal that you own. The males belong to the Lord. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. But if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And every firstborn among your sons you shall redeem. And it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? Then you shall say to him, With a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And it came about when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord put to death every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from human firstborns to animal firstborns. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord the males, every firstborn of a womb, but every firstborn of my sons I redeem. So it shall serve as a sign on your hand, and as phylacteries on your forehead. For with a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Mark 3 He entered the synagogue again, and a man was there whose hand was withered. And they were watching him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he said to them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately began conspiring with the Herodians against him as to how they might put him to death. Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples, and a large multitude from Galilee followed, and also from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard about everything that he was doing and came to him. And he told his disciples to see that a boat would be ready for him because of the masses, so that they would not crowd him. For he had healed many, with the result that all those who had diseases pushed in around him in order to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. And he strongly warned them not to reveal who he was. And he went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, so that they would be with him, and that he could send them out to preach, and to have authority to cast out the demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James. To them he gave the name Bonerges, which means sons of thunder, and Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And he came home, and the crowd gathered again, to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. And when his own people heard about this, they came out to take custody of him. For they were saying, He has lost his senses. 
the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and he casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. And so he called them to himself, and began speaking to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he is finished. But no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons and daughters of men, and whatever blasphemies they commit, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, because they were saying, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and while standing outside they sent word to him, calling for him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Behold, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Answering them, he said, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those who were sitting around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God, this is my brother and sister and mother. Acts 25 Festus, then, after arriving in the province, went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea three days later. And the chief priests and the leading men of the Jews brought charges against Paul, and they were pleading with Festus, requesting a concession against Paul, that he might have him brought out to Jerusalem, at the same time setting an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus then answered that Paul was being kept in custody in Caesarea, and that he himself was about to leave shortly. Therefore, he said, Have the influential men among you go there with me, and if there is anything wrong about the man, have them bring charges against him. After Festus had spent no more than eight or ten days among them, he went down to Caesarea. And on the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered that Paul be brought. After Paul arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him which they could not prove. While Paul said in his own defense, I have not done anything wrong, either against the law of the Jews, or against the temple, or against Caesar. But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, replied to Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. I have done nothing wrong to the Jews, as you also very well know. If, therefore, I am in the wrong and have committed something deserving death, I am not trying to avoid execution. But if there is nothing to the accusations which these men are bringing against me, no one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus had conferred with his counsel. He answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Now, when several days had passed, 
King Agrippa, and Bernice arrived in Caesarea, paying their respects to Festus. While they were spending many days there, Festus presented Paul's case to the king, saying, There is a man who was left a prisoner by Felix, and when I was in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I replied to them that it is not the custom of Romans to hand over any person before the accused meets his accusers face to face and has an opportunity to make his defense against the charges. So after they had assembled here, I did not delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered that the man be brought. When the accusers stood up, they did not begin bringing any charges against him of crimes that I suspected, but they simply had some points of disagreement with him about their own religion and about a dead man, Jesus, whom Paul asserted to be alive. And being at a loss how to investigate such matters, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these matters. But when Paul appealed to be held in custody for the emperor's decision, I ordered that he be kept in custody until I send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So on the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice came amid great pomp and entered the auditorium, accompanied by the commanders and the prominent men of the city, at the command of Festus, Paul was brought before them. And Festus said, King Agrippa, and all you gentlemen present with us, you see this man about whom all the people of the Jews appealed to me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death, and since he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. Yet I have nothing definite about him to write to my lord. Therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the investigation has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems absurd to me, in sending a prisoner, not to indicate the charges against him as well. Proverbs 12, 1-9 One who loves discipline loves knowledge, but one who hates rebuke is stupid. A good person will obtain favor from the Lord, but he will condemn a person who devises evil. A person will not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will not be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness to his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked wait in ambush for blood, but the mouth of the upright will rescue them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A person will be praised according to his insight, but one of perverse mind will be despised. Better is one who is lightly esteemed and has a servant than one who honors himself and lacks bread. Psalm 25, 16-22 
turn to me, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look at my misery and my trouble, and forgive all my sins. Look at my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with violent hatred. Guard my soul and save me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Let integrity and uprightness protect me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, God, from all his distress.